clear your mind and climb the tower. Hi everyone, this is Rowan Odom. Today, we're pleased to showcase The Tower, an ambient, experimental audio fiction which combines a concept album and the mystery and drama of a young woman's journey of self-discovery. Join Kiri as she forsakes the hustle and bustle of the modern world and ascends a seemingly infinite tower. Along the way, she will witness sights and sounds which will challenge her very being and have deeply personal conversations with friends and family on oddly convenient phones left on the tower. Immersive and contemplative, the tower lays out an experience that is touching and dramatic in turn, inspired by the works of Ryuichi Sakamoto and evoking introspective adventures like Celeste. You can find The Tower wherever you get your podcasts, or as an ad-free album on their Bandcamp, tincanaudio.bandcamp.com. Part 1, 2, and 3 are available now, with Part 4 coming soon. Hello, I'm Cody Michael Carmichael, and you're about to be listening to the amazing podcast Syntax, which probably means you're smart, charming, and have great taste. And maybe you're interested in scientists discovering and doing cool things, or you'd like to be one. If that's the case, you should come check out BroadlyEpi.com, where I teach the science of epidemiology, programming, provide summaries of the most recent research, have some software tools available, and a lot more. If you're interested in renting a scientist, well, we have that option too. BroadlyEpi.com, epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello listeners, this is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Hi everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase The White Vault, a horror podcast set in the frigid darkness of the Arctic Circle. Follow the adventures of an international rescue and repair team investigating a mysterious signal while navigating the treacherous nature of the polar nightmare they find themselves in. Worst of all, they find they may not be as isolated as they think. Fans of Syntax will love this indie series created by a two-person team. The show balances fictional elements with painstaking scientific, linguistic, oral, and cultural precision and details. The science team hail from all across the globe, a multilingual and multidisciplinary team dealing with their findings as best they can. Filled with masterly crafted foley that places you in the moment with polar bears, howling icy winds, and more. Find The White Vault however you listen to podcasts, or find out more about the show at thewhitevault.com. Subscribe now and delve the waiting horrors. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Where is it? I have to find it. The way home. Expedition lead Cassius. Travel log for Vincula. Sure you guys are going to be thrilled to find out we have located a structure identical to the breach. (sighs) After a bit of exploration, I can confirm that it is structurally and functionally similar to the breach at Vincula, complete with a looping route back to the single entrance. The midpoint of the interior has a structure jutting out of the sidewall along with a sigil. Although our linguist does not have a translation for it at this point. We've located this, for all intents and purposes, second breach, in a mountain cave occupied by several of the moths of the same species as the one that took our drone. The moths- The note. Don't forget the note. About the water sigil? And the linkstone. Hey! I'm trying to make a professional recording here. Now I'm going to have to start over. That sounds like a lot of wasted battery. There's really no need. Then pipe down and quit interrupting. You're supposed to be resting anyways. Anyway, our linguist would like to note that the sigil in this second breach is not the same as the first breach's sigil. That, on top of not having a linkstone, means we really don't have a way to utilize the breach's transportation properties. As much as I'm sure we'd all like to know where this one leads, particularly if it's back to Earth, we're still going to have to make our way back to the breach. Breach 1, I guess we should call it. That is, if we end up surviving the night here, after all. Is that sounding sad enough to pass for one of your expedition logs so far? Sounds like the genuine article. I'm sure no one will be able to tell the difference. (laughs) Well, to summarize the day's activities, we followed our route from the previous expedition to the Lullaby Tree Forest, where Greg's team located a river that seemed to flow down off the mountains. The river offered a clear way through the lullaby trees and headed roughly in the correct direction to increase our signal strength to the missing drone. Unfortunately, that same clear sky was utilized by a massive bird of prey to capture our linguist, who was then intercepted by the large moth we've been seeking. We figured that the moth would take Silas to the same place it took the drone, and amazingly found all our major objectives stowed up in the moth's nest on top of a thankfully easy-to-climb tree. Where absolutely no violations of climbing safety were made. Shh! Shut up! We recovered the drone and Silas after a few near disasters with more local wildlife, and before we could mobilize to secure Specimen 1 or head back to Breach 1, Moth returned. It made no threatening moves to our team. Instead, it just observed us from its perch. Rather than risk the team again, we debated heading back to Vincula immediately, given how little daylight remained and the injuries sustained by outward linguists. 
In the meantime, the moth departed its nest once more, but this time had specimen one in its clutches and was headed for the mountains, not far from our position. Breacher security lead Greg reminded us all of the threat posed by the nighttime dwellers of Gaia, but after a brief discussion about our odds of making it back in time, I made the decision to pursue the moth towards the mountains, which led to the discovery of this cave, which contained about two dozen other large moth specimens, as well as Breach 2. We are now sheltered within the confines of Breach 2. If nothing else, the narrow entrance will allow the security team a choke point to allow them to deny access to any would-be intruders. But I'm still hopeful that if this area works for the moths, it'll work for us. I will attempt to make another work log if the situation changes, but for now, sun has almost fully set, and we have our emergency rations, blankets, and a few spare batteries left for flashlights and for the recorders. There's no sign of the predators yet, but that could change at any moment. It's just us breachers and the moths scraping along the upper walls of the breach. They just keep going back and forth stopping to stare at us for a bit before going back to doing whatever moth things they're doing. Which seems to be just a lot of wandering around the breach for now. Well, I hope you found this all to your satisfaction, Miss Vo. We found our drone, sewed our linguist back together, and secured specimen one after we located it inside a second breach. If I get us out of here, you better be damn sure. I'm having a serious talk about didn't even get a chance to make many specimen logs today. I'm gonna have to revisit Snake Bear another day. Wish us luck! Spotted anything, Greg? Nothing yet. Sun's fully set, but no sign of our hungry friends. Extraction protocol doesn't call for a rescue party until the next guy in day, so we won't be hearing from Vincula till tomorrow morning at the earliest, if we make it that long. Still, I'm hopeful. We usually heard the howling start right at twilight. So far, nothing but a few moths coming and going out of the breach. I think this one here is taking a liking to me. See how he's just perched up on top of the breach entrance? Oh yeah, I see ya. Big one, too. Really pretty. Nice light blue color. Almost cerulean? I'd have to start naming some of these moths by color. Our guardian angel moth is the one that looks most like a lunar moth. It's got the lime-colored wings. Yeah, they all have weird eye patterns on the wings, though. You're not getting hallucinations, are you? Nah, I'm still here. That's good. Weird that it's always Alex and Silas going to Lila land on us. What's your scientist take on that? It's a thought I've had. I don't have a solid theory yet, but if it was caused by external factors, like something the moth produces or that it carries around with it, we'd likely all be having some adverse reactions. Could it be like an allergy? A genetic aversion to the moths? But, I don't know. I have nothing else to go on. Yeah, sorry, I'm not trying to be pushy. I'm just thinking out loud a bit. Hmm. Well, you're just hoping you have a quiet watch? My favorite kind. Too bad we're not close enough for I can get an eye full of the night sky. Just a bit of moonlight streaming through the entrance. You get some rest while you can. You'll need it for the big hike tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you doing all right, Lizzie? Yeah. Just getting a few sketches done with the last of this glow stick. Not great for color composition. You know, with the neon green. But I can get the penciling done. Good. I'll leave you to it. 
how was the patient, doctor? Snoozing away, along with Alex. It's kind of nice having the breach as our own noisemaker. Real soothing in its own very freaky way. Oh, this is going to look great on the psyche valves. Make sure to fill out a complaint card for Vincula when we get back. Oh yeah, this is some real one-star accommodations. Would not recommend. You let them know. I'm just gonna keep walking for a bit. Catch you on the next loop. What have I done? What have I done? We could have made it back, right? I'm just a colossal failure. Again. We could be home right now. Getting Silas to a proper hospital and... No. No. We wouldn't have made it. Even Greg knew that in the end. So instead, I brought us to the back of beyond. Somehow just a few short miles, and yet also infinitely far from Vincula. Maybe... Maybe... Maybe I should have ditched him. He, he would have understood, right? Oh, what the hell? Am I saying? And I, I would have done that for anyone, too. Well, anyone in the breach right now. I might have needed convincing for Miss Vo. I probably still would have tried to rescue her. But I would have needed to be talked into it. Yeah. Well, okay, there might have been a few people I would have needed convincing about, or couldn't be convinced about. But these breachers are just so damn close to me. Yeah, even Lizzie. Though, I don't think she really likes me. I think I've let skepticism get the better of me about her. It doesn't really make any sense in hindsight. I shouldn't have doubted her on a lot of things. I had already let the, uh, ugh, believer in me die out. And just when I got excited about my cryptid being real, I still held on to my preconceived ideas and... And I let it poison things between us. Hopefully I get the chance to make it up to her. We talked it out, but... She's still jumpy around me. I don't blame her. <sighs> so why am I even recording all this? I don't even know if anyone's ever going to hear this. But I swapped batteries and I found Silas's last recording. From when he was still up in the moth's nest waiting for us. I listened to it. I'm scared. Everyone else is being so brave. And of course, I'm trying to find the bright side, talking about going home tomorrow like it's just going to be a long walk, that's all. But I keep thinking about that first night, the howling, the shapes in the darkness, darting from cover to cover, something long-legged, dog-ish, but yet not. The glinting eyes. Eyes I could never quite latch onto with my life. The number of reflections in the dark made me think. There were so many of them. I'm, I'm scared this is it. The end of the line. And I've not made my mark on the world. I might just be paranoid, but I don't trust for a second anyone at Vincula is really gonna give us more than the briefest of funerals. 
Some of us have families, but what are they gonna do? No bodies to even be found unless they know to look in the breach. And if they do manage to locate our remains, they might not even have this recorder in one piece. Still, I have to try. I was Cassius. Just Cassius. Expedition lead, Cassius. I found the first evidence of the chameleon ape. I ran back and forth under the jaws of the titan plesiosaur and lived to tell the tale. I fetched not one but two of my teammates out of life-threatening situations and was myself saved. Then I found this. This cursed hunk of rock. Second of its kind. Might have taken us home. Who knows? Might never be sure. If we make it out, I'm sure we'll get the bookworm to put it all together. If not... I'm... I'm Cassius. And I'm here with... Greg Washburn, Alex Yard, Lizzie Bellinger, Jeremiah Woods, Fred Kitzman, Alora Mason, and Silas Caldwell. We lived. We explored. We dared to go where few others would. I was happy to be with every one of them. My legs appreciate the break, but I sure don't. I know it's best we just lie low and hope the moths are onto something. But what if we led them here? What if I've doomed not only ourselves, but our insect hosts? Am I about to cause a double extinction on Gaia? Granted. Humans can always come back if they use the breach again, but it's crazy to think about just the eight of us being the only humans here. Like a mini-extinction. Cassius? <gasps> sorry, I- Jesus fucking Christ, you scared the shit out of me! I'm sorry, sorry, I was trying not to wake up Alex or Jay. You're as pale as a ghost, and you still got your old shirt on, with the blood stains. I was hoping to alert you as I got closer, but I saw your flashlight too late. And you just lurched around the corner in the breach like some damn ghoul? That was... <sighs> that was not my best entrance, I'll admit. What are you even doing up? Of all people, you should be resting. You were asleep when I checked on you last. <sighs> just resting my eyes? I'm too terrified to actually try going to sleep. I know I need it, and eventually exhaustion will surely catch up to me, but it seems I won't be walking myself out on the morrow, and this breach overnight stay might be the most horrifying thing that's happened to me so far. Right up there with the first trip into the breach. Just me and my trusty rock back then. Oh, yeah, I... <laughs> Sorry, I'll admit, I kind of forgot about the story you told me, and how caves and tight spaces really aren't your thing. It's quite alright. You've been more than preoccupied with our safety for the past few hours. My phobias can certainly take a back seat. I'm just... learning to breathe again, as if for the first time. You know, it's like Jay said, though. That hum is good for the tinnitus that stupid bird gave me. It's alright, you know? I... don't find much alright about this situation. I mean, fair, I guess. I, uh... How much did you hear, by the way? I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, 
promise. I only heard something about a mini extinction. Oh, yeah. I was kind of thinking, like you, for a moment, how this would be the annihilation of humankind on Gaia, even temporarily. I'm sure Vincula will be sending more people in, but... Ugh, I hate this waiting around. I don't like pausing for reflection this long. Normally, I'd have some snide remark about spending more time with books. Here, I can't blame you for hating this waiting around. <sighs> what a boring lead-up to our fate. Right? I was trying to pass the time, and I listened to your recording. The one you made while you were still up in the nest. Oh, uh, my last will and testament. Did you... I stopped when you told me to stop. Uh, oh. Well, that's good. I... I won't lie. I half expected you to listen to all of it. If only because I said otherwise. <laughs> How much of a rebel do you take me for anyway? I wouldn't expect any less trouble than you give Vincula, for the most part. Still, I... Thank you for respecting my wishes. I was curious. I don't have... I wouldn't even know where to start if I was trying to leave a message for back home. Feel like the words get tangled up? No, not at all. I know exactly what I'd want to say. It's just realizing the futility of saying anything. No one's... No one's ever bothered listening to me on my side, Silas. I don't think knowing it was my final words would change that for anyone. I'm sorry to hear that. Gee, thanks. Sorry. You're probably being genuine. I was trying to be. It's not you. I think... I'm getting more used to your mannerisms. I'm not used to getting any sympathy, nor do I ask for it. I just, I wanted more. God, why does it have to end like this? Stuck in some shitty cave, cornered and nothing we can do about it? Here. What's... The very last dregs of the instant coffee I brought. Nasty stuff. And Jay wouldn't let me drink it anyway. You don't seem like you're going to be getting much shut-eye. Hmm. You're frustrating sometimes, Buckworm. What? How so? I was trying to enjoy being lonely, but being alone with my thoughts was I thought it was a good idea but they just kind of ran all over the place as they are sometimes given to do speaking of running off that fucking bird though I didn't catch much of the aftermath oh my eyes were glued onto your moth friend but the bird just kind of just dipped after the moth showed up there was a brief stare down now that I think about it. Just a moment where the two of them seemed to float in midair, eyes locked on each other. And then the bird just flew off without so much as one more boom. I see. So the moth really is acting benevolently on occasion. Perhaps even the drone abduction was done out of a misplaced desire to protect it from the Titan Plesiosaur. That and even specimen one. It keeps taking things back to its nest. And seemingly not for consumption. It was safeguarding specimen one. Unless we find out it's crawling with eggs ready to burst. But unlike you, I saw no signs of puncture marks or anywhere to insert anything, really. Hopefully I'm not harboring some stowaways either. But Specimen 1 is no nearer to being understood with close inspection, is it? 
No, not at all. Mothran brought Specimen 1 here and then just dumped it in the breach. And didn't even seem to mind when we strolled up to have a look-see. If it was harboring eggs or a food source or hell, even just a curiosity for the moth, I feel like it would have taken exception to our presence. But no. Let us get you back. We packed the drone away and then practically chased after it and nabbed Specimen 1 as well. I can't say anything for certain. Every time the moth draws near, my vision becomes a haze of colors. Like the whole world has been splashed with every conceivable shade of the rainbow. Many eyes, too, on the walls and all along my body. And time simply vanishes away. I remember no specific happenings and just kind of wake up from it. Like having a powerful dream, and you know you had the dream, but every detail vanishes as soon as you awaken. I'm gonna be honest. What you're describing kinda sounds like drugs to me. Is it like tripping? I wouldn't have the foggiest notion of what that's like. Oh my god, you guys. Silas is doing moths again. Please, can I go to moth rehab when we get back? I'm swearing off the bug. No worries there. We're chaining you to your room when we get back. I don't care what Miss Vo says. You're going to be drinking a few liters of whatever June can scrounge up for you every day until you're better. <laughs> I've noticed something else. Not many moths on this end of the breach. They don't cross over the sigil pedestal. Really? I've been walking back and forth too much to get a precise idea of their pattern. I noticed it since Jay sewed me up at the midpoint. The moths crawl along the walls and floor, sometimes pausing to clean their antenna or flap their wings a bit, and then pause at the part of the wall with the linkstone notch and the sigil in the unknown language. Then they always turn around and head back to the entrance. Interesting. Maybe they have a latent awareness of how the breach entrance works? You think it throws off their directional ability? Uh, something like that. We know from experiments on Breach 1 back at Vincula that it's the latter half of the Breach's passage that gets weird. If you walk into the Breach, stop at the sigil, turn around and go back, you wind up at the entrance. It's the same if you continue forward. But where do you meet if, say, two people walked in the Breach and one person walked back while the other person continued? I haven't had the pleasure. What happens? Turns out, the breach's distance to the entrance is a bit flexible. Especially when you're on the latter half of the sigil pedestal. Normally, it's roughly equal steps to get from the pedestal to the entrance either way. But if two people are inside, one going clockwise where they're in the breach, and the other counterclockwise going back, the one going in finds a point where they just lose the wall. What do you mean, lose the wall? It's gone. If you're following the right wall as you continue clockwise, again, with someone else in the breach going in reverse, counterclockwise, the wall turns a sharp corner and there's just darkness. We can't illuminate it and a few expeditions into the void on the right-hand side just end up finding a left-turning wall. It doesn't matter what angle you approach or how good you think your sense of direction is, you find a left-turning wall. That process seems to add distance, as in finding the left-turning wall adds length to the breach. So where normally two people walking the same speed would reach the entrance simultaneously, whether they went back or went forward at the pedestal. Now the one who went forward takes longer to do it. So far, we haven't been able to synchronize anyone's arrival at the entrance using that technique. Interesting. And we've tried electronic means to help with distance measurement. 
So, you notice how in every expedition we've made, the lights we have strung up inside the breach turn on as we approach? I thought that was an oddly dramatic touch. Nope. As I said, if you march into the breach, it turns clockwise until you exit again. Or, if you have two people, one goes back and the other goes forward, the one who goes forward eventually changes rotation. That implies there's some kind of observation component to the phenomenon. When you run a hard wire, it loops as you'd expect. So of course, you've got the other end emerging at the entrance and can also see where you've brought it in with you. The odd thing is, we can't run any remote surveillance inside the breach because everything stops working when no person is physically present watching it. It's like, it's like it's shorting out. And that kind of makes sense, right? It's a spatial paradox. Maybe because it's looping on itself and existing on the same plane briefly, so you march along and get electricity at the points where you stand, but as you walk along, the hard wire behind and in front of you cease to operate. So no, that's not Vincula being dramatic. That's just the electrical phenomenon of the breach playing itself out before your eyes. Like it somehow knows the electrical components are supposed to work when you're there, but they don't when you're not there. Quite disconcerting. Now I'm sure I'll feel even more like it's swallowing us up every time we make a trip. So... What happens if there's a chain of people going all the way into the breach? That type of experiment had occurred to me, actually. But frankly, I haven't had enough people around to test. The breach tunnel length varies with each entry, but as I'm sure you're aware, it's always surprisingly long for its outer appearance, and Vincula has been pushing for Gaian expeditions rather than messing around with the breach, of course. That and... I haven't had a lot of volunteers after the breach monster appeared. The... the what? Oh, I see. You're pulling my leg. (laughs) I had to get you back a little after what you did to me a bit ago. But actually, yes. There was at least one other instance of strange activity. Not a recorded monster. I see you turning green over there, even in the glow stick light. But I don't want to leave you, uh, out of the loop. Ugh, I would have made Greg proud. So, we were wanting to get more info about the bend. You know, the part where the right wall disappears if there's a counterclockwise returning person inside the breach. This was still while we were trying to get remote cams going. We had one set up at the point where the right wall vanished. The person continuing exited the breach, and the camera failed. So we had the person returning go back inside the breach to try and activate the cam. That means they were now going clockwise all the way. If that happens, there's no bend. No moment the right wall goes away anymore. I was curious to see what would happen, and... There was no camera or tripod. It was just gone, with the end of the electric cable cut cleanly where the wall stopped. But no, I jokingly referred to it as a monster because... Actually, I think it was more of a spatial problem. Like, the breach was having to reassert itself into reality and just pocketed the camera setup somewhere. I'm... Sure, it'll turn up one day. I'm... I'm going to be sick. Hey, be thankful it hasn't happened to someone yet. Oh, God. Sorry. I... I figured you'd want to know that information sooner or later. I just never saw a reason to address it since I chalked it up to a... natural occurrence for a very unnatural spatial anomaly. I was being so cavalier before now, I see happily moving to and from Earth to Gaia with no idea I could be trapped forever in some pocket dimension. (sighs) 
Thanks for that. Anytime, old man. Contact. Audible. We got cold footage. Uh-oh. Did you catch that? I think that was Greg. I... I heard it. Sounds like Judgment Day has come. I gotta go see what's up. You just sit tight. No! Please. Please, no. Don't leave me here. I'll... I'll walk with you. Silas. You. Please. Don't leave me here. Okay. Okay. Come on, Grandpa. Let's, uh... Let's walk you back to the medic. No time. Let's continue the loop and get to Greg. If I'm going to die, I'd rather be in a slightly more open cave. Not here. Not here. Jeez. Near-death experiences don't make you any less of a geezer, do they? I should think I've earned the right to be picky about where I face my end. Thank you very much. I gotta, I gotta dump you right back in Jay's lap right now. Well, that sounds uncomfortably familiar. Time to get up close and personal. They finally caught our trail? Yeah, sure looks like it. Sweet mother of God, is that Silas or Spirit here to haunt us? See what I mean? He's being a bad boy and walking around at all hours. I am doubly sorry. Well, looks like you get a front row seat now. They ain't here yet, but they're definitely getting closer. Pretty fast, too. Won't be long till we get our first peek at them. But we got a clear view and enough lighting to shoot by. Just a matter of time now. Damn it, where's that recorder? Oh, yeah. Silas Caldwell, expedition report for Vincula. We are still in the second breach, and as you can probably hear, we have almost certainly been trailed by the nocturnal predators native to Gaia. Our security team have barricaded the breach entrance as best they can with rocks from the cave and are now posted, waiting for the arrival of our hunters. Don't fire till we get a clear shot. No sense wasting ammo or giving ourselves away on the off chance they can't get in here to find us. Roger that! Hell, this is giving me the creeps. Hey, it could be pitch black right now. Or raining. Or they could be shooting back at us. This is a piece of cake. Pipe down! Why? Why have they stopped? I don't know. Oh no. I see it. Do we shoot? Hold. What? What's it doing? Um, I don't know. Part of it's just hanging down. I can see something bulbous, but I can't tell. What are we waiting for? Shh. Here. I still got the binoculars with me. That's... Ugh. I don't think that's its head. That looks more like... Looks like a dragonfly's head. Uh... A dragonfly's head? Yeah. In, in the silhouette, I can see lots of little dimples on two big orbs on its head. Looks, for all the world, like the head of a dragonfly. Can't see any antenna, but oh, there's another one. Steady. Okay, the other one is more illuminated. Those are definitely compound eyes. Damn, no wonder Nightfall doesn't give them any problem. They must be very sensitive to light. They also seem to be looking straight at us. How? They're not rotating around. They have the flat part of their heads trained at us. I don't think they're looking for us. They've found us. But they're just 
watching for now. Sizing us up, perhaps? Or arranging for a negotiator to see about our release. I don't know, I'm winging it here. Oh, the first one pulled its head back. The second one is still just staring over this way. (sighs) At least they stopped howling. The silence is not much better, though. Where is that sound it's making coming from? Does it have a mouth? I can't quite tell. There's an odd fuzz on the edge of their heads. I wonder if it's vibrating to create that sound. Oh, now we've done it. If any of them drop down inside the cave, let them have it. I'm not wasting ammo on playing Whack-A-Wolf. Is... is this it? This sounds like just one calling this time. The whole pack was howling before. Here, hold this. Uh, Oh, okay. What? What are they doing? Well, nothing else to do, I guess. Might as well take a look for myself. Ugh. Looks like an insect head, all right. There's two compound eyes on opposite sides of its head area. Now that it's on the better lit side of the cave entrance, that doesn't look like a shiny bug's carapace. The parts in between the eyes look fleshy, like a hairless mammal skin. It's it's not rotating either. The two orbs of its eyes are trained on our position, as if it was looking face first toward the breach. I I see slight movement now too. That buzzing sound like it's being created by a very quick vibration of the creature's head. Ugh. Even over the breach's natural noise, it's starting to give me a bad... Here, give me the dogs back. Whoa! I was deep in observation and didn't hear you approach. Here you go. Good. I'm still getting revenge. Take a look and tell me what you think, Lizzie. The other one looked pretty identical, but it was on the shadowed side of the entrance. Red-tinted compound eyes. Quite large, but maybe no more than human-sized or slightly larger. Very unusual to see eyes like this on a larger creature. That's usually limited to insects and crustaceans, yeah? Usually, yes. Gaia continues to horrify and amaze. There are mammalian features, though, and no presence of antenna. I think it has... Here, let me just... Hey, the hell are you doing? I need to see... Here, come here, Cassius. Oh, now you want to march straight in? That's my move. Do you see how there's little angular features on the back of its head? I think those are ears, but they have them pinned back. Almost like a dog's. Okay, now watch what happens. Be quiet for a second. See how the ears stopped twitching? Now I'm speaking very quietly again. And the ears are twitching like crazy. Is it listening to us? I think so. Right back to flat they go. And then there they go, spasming again. A nocturnal predator with keen eyesight, very likely night vision, great topographical sense from the compound eyes, and a keen sense of hearing. I wonder if that constant buzz is part of their auditory perception, like a form of echolocation. It might be trying to see and feel around the cave with its ears. (sighs) No wonder they've always given us so much trouble. Possessing superpowered sight and hearing makes them formidable predators indeed. So what's the howling for? They only have one howling for now. Are they marking territory? Claiming this area for themselves, perhaps? Wait, listen. calling and responding it's a howl for reinforcements they're gathering here oh no (laughs) 
Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share like 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Cassius Thatcher is played by Beth Fung. Elizabeth Bellinger is played by Morgie B. Alex Yard is played by Jules Christine. Greg Washburn is played by Cody Burke. Jeremiah Woods is played by Eldrin Smith. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting syntaxpodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. Tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r slash syntaxpod. Thanks for listening. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.